you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It is me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And, well, the things we were right on makes us geniuses. The things we were wrong on makes us idiots. So, uh, you know. It's week one, man. Like, weird stuff happens. Well, opinions are set now. Nothing can ever change. We can't change our minds. It's too late. We can't go back. The good thing is that we're actually starting to gain knowledge of what teams are going to try to look like this is the most that's the most exciting time for me is just like seeing how these teams are actually going to game plan week to week mm-hmm. how they're going to use their players that's what i'm using these times for is not necessarily to overreact but i know we all love to overreact. Oh, no, that, that's that's going to be the theme of this show today is overreaction yes. theater uh what i think it's fun because i think the first two weeks because week one we see something and we're like oh crap this is what it is and then week two it, you know things may Changes, swing right. the other way yeah. and we're like oh no and then so by i think by about week three i think it was when we really kind of figure out uh what teams and what players are going to be but uh yeah we're gonna look back at what happened in week one of course uh, as we record this there are still two more games to be played here on monday night we've got the Texans and the Saints. Uh, we also have the Broncos and the Raiders. Uh, so we will kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, we, we probably won't talk too much about that because by the time you listen to it, it may be over. So, uh, But we'll talk about some other things that happened on Sunday. Uh, some questions, some waiver wire picks, all that good stuff. But uh, before we do all that, as always, we'll go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up? Well, uh, not a good Sunday for the Giants. I'm sure Fabs is quite happy. And uh, I'm in one of those scenarios with one of my leagues where my guys are done and they have guys going uh, tonight. And I'm just like praying, just crossing my fingers that they don't pass uh, pass me in terms of points. So I'm stretching this one out. I also had Hollywood Brown on my bench. So it's like not a good Monday morning. Bro, but half the battle has been won. You I have Hollywood <laughs> Brown. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the people, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back, that I actually did, like f- since he was drafted, I bought into Lamar Jackson and I bought into the the Ravens receivers, uh, so I feel good about that at least. So I, yeah, I do, I do have him. It, on isn't the it? Isn't it ridiculous? That, like I can't remember a rookie class at wide receiver having less value going into a fantasy season, and they all went nuts. Yeah, they all. I mean, that was kind of AJ Brown, Marquise Brown, DK, DK Metcalf, Metcalf had a big game. I mean, it was ridiculous. We'll get to it on Brown, but I, I have. Cons- I mean, Brown only ran like 
No, yeah. There, there were, I know, there, exactly. There were worries. Yeah, yeah there exactly. Worries. We'll yeah, right. There are right. things to be yeah. worried about there, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but I mean, yeah. at least in terms of production. Yeah. Aren't they playing the Cardinals, though, next week? <laughs> they are playing the Cardinals next week. <laughs> so, like, they are playing the Cardinals. There you go, man. Which, by the way, just, you know, in terms of matchup, the Lamar versus Kyler matchup, at least potentially, is a lot of fun. We'll, it is. We'll, we'll see how it works out actually on the field, but at least on paper, it, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, hey, we have plenty to talk about, so let's do some news. <laughs> The well, the first bit of news actually goes back to the weekend before we had any games played on Sunday. And uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know about this. Antonio Brown went through maybe the wildest 24 hours I think I can remember seeing in a while. And this is after he was traded to the Bills for like an hour. Uh, we all went to sleep on Friday. He had posted a weird video uh, with a conversation, a phone conversation between he and John Gruden, it looked like it looked like a Nike or an Apple commercial or something yeah. like that. It was yeah. actually really well done. Uh, so whoever he has on staff to create these videos, like kudos, man, because that looked great. Uh, we kind of thought that might be the end of it. Then we wake up on Saturday morning, especially early on the West Coast. It was about six o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. He has posted on Instagram that he wants to be released. Uh, by the time I had finished making breakfast, he had been released. And maybe an hour after that, he had signed with the New England Patriots. So uh, I know that, you know, I'm sure Twitter has had uh, plenty to talk about. We have sort of talked about it amongst ourselves. But let's talk about it here, Fabs. Antonio Brown with the Patriots. Um, suddenly, if you got him in the third round, you got a bargain. You guys know I don't like him. I, I, th- this, this is like one of those scenarios where I didn't like him in Oakland. I didn't think he was going to play Monday night for the Raiders. He whined and cried his way out of Oakland, there was even a report that suggested he hired uh, social media folks to sort of tell him, what do I do on my social media to get me out of Oakland, okay? Um, and now he ends up, like, in, in maybe the best spot he could possibly have ended up in. Good for him. I mean... Yeah. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not mad about it. I'm I not- listen, as, as someone who has two shares of him, yeah. like... I like the fact that he's playing for the Patriots and Tom Brady. I mean, good God, they destroyed the Steelers last night. And Philip Dorsett had two touchdowns. And now they're going to get Antonio Brown. So from a fantasy perspective, this is great for AB. I just don't like the way that it makes the NFL look. Because it makes the NFL look weak because elite players can whine and bitch and moan their way out of situations that they don't want to be in. That's fine. uh, But this is also just one case. You know, like, I I think... Do you, do you remember Terrell Owens? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of cases. It's called it's called leverage, though, Fabs. Like, I, if, uh, if, if Antonio just, Brown wasn't good at his job, nobody would have signed him. It's yeah. just yeah, no, I get it. It's just it's, it's just a bad look. It, that's all. So two things. I mean, it rarely happens, and like Marcus said, it's it is leverage. I, I mean, this the the Brown's relationship with the Raiders started falling apart like um, you know months ago. I mean, the the writing was on the wall here, especially when they started finding him and, and th- basically threatening his guarantees. Um, yeah. It's just unfortunate that the Patriots. But shouldn't they? If he, well, they if, right if his it, conduct what... is detrimental to the team, and there is there is language in the contract that says, "Hey, man, if you are an idiot, we could take away your guaranteed money." He signed that contract, right? Uh, look, look, I mean, okay, so, so I mean, again, not even getting to the fantasy point of this. Uh, I mean, I went on a whole big thing on Twitter about the word guarantee. And if it is called a guarantee, then it is a guarantee. It is not a condition. Him showing up makes it a condition. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, he's with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. His fantasy value goes back to where it was when he was a Steeler. It's great. Yep. Right? And now, Graham, you posted on, on Twitter about uh, you know, who loses value here, right? Because right. You know, everybody was excited about Josh Gordon. He had a touchdown on Sunday night. Julian Edelman had a ton of catches on Sunday night. James White was a big part of the game plan on Sunday night. Uh, all those guys end up eating a little bit less, I would imagine, with Antonio Brown. There. Yeah, I posted a poll last night. It's still up. Uh, it has 11 hours. Uh, posted it like fourth quarter in that terrible, terrible Patriots-Steelers uh, game. But Josh Gordon <laughs> currently leads the poll. I basically said, which New England pass catcher loses the most value? Uh, between White, Edelman, and Gordon. And right now, it's Gordon. I actually think it's White. I think the public is completely wrong on this. I, I think it's completely flipped. I actually think James White loses the most value here. 
Um, I, the Patriots are going to be a specific, like they're going to be a three wide receiver team. And we saw it a little bit last night, that catch that Josh Gordon had in the slot of that touchdown. He had the run after the catch. He was lined up out of the slot. And that, that's something that the Patriots are going to be able to do now with these three guys. Like people forget that Edelman can line up outside. He lines up in their two wide receiver uh, sets outside. I, they're just they're going to be so multiple in their 11 personnel and three wide receiver sets with a B on the field. It's it's going to be insanely sick to watch. Mm. Um, I just I mean, for fantasy, I, I have to think that a B is back as a you know top 12 receiver. Yep. Um, yep. He, he's not going to have the 160 target upside like he did with the Steelers, but. 130 targets from Brady in a super, super efficient offense. He can still get to, you know, double digit scores and 1200 yards and just go beast mode. Yeah. Uh, and on top of it now, you mentioned Tom Brady. He goes from being a guy who was a fringe yeah. QB one to like, you know, he, he is firmly in the mix as a quarterback. I, I get now. that, you know, it's Monday and we haven't looked ahead, but Tom Brady's probably going to be in my QB one of my rankings. He'll be a top this week. Yeah, he's going to be a top. I mean, like he's this week. He's the the Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins. Oh my god, it'll be really interesting to see if AB plays like a full two, like a full snap share in week one or week two for for opening game. I'd have to imagine they're going to get him in some space uh, and try to make things easy for him. Um, But he's also like one of the five best receivers to ever line up in the NFL, and uh, I'm expecting fireworks pretty quick. I mean this. It's funny, you know, we were, you know, a month ago sort of looking at this wide receiver group and wondering, okay, like, how exactly does this work out? We know Julian Edelman's going to be there. Uh, Josh Gordon in some form or fashion will be there. But what happens with the rest of it, too? All of a sudden, now there's just an embarrassment of riches there in New England. Um, yeah, well, they don't, they don't, it doesn't even, their tight end does not even matter now. Nope. Remember, there's like the, oh, what do they do without Gronk? Now it's like, whatever. Yeah, they, they, can, go, they can go out <laughs> exactly. and play, they can go out and play. Twin, uh, they can play 20 personnel last year. They played over 20 snaps and 20 personnel. That's three receivers and two running backs on the field. Um, yeah, they can just do it. it there's, it's just, isn't it's just, it? This is perfect for what the Patriots want to do. Isn't it? Isn't it just insane how things change so quickly? Like earlier in the preseason and even into the offseason, we were talking about it. The Patriots could be transitioning more to a team that's going to run the football more. They're going to have Sony Michelle. They drafted uh, Damian Harris. And now. Hell, they're going to air the heck out of that football week in and week out. Now they got Antonio Brown with Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman, I would argue, and I don't know that there's an argument against it, this is the best trio of wide receivers any team has in the National Football League. Yeah, suddenly suddenly I think there are. You know, and, it's, and it's funny, too, because uh, you know, they made the, the comment on the, the broadcast last night, like, you know, they still have Demarius Thomas, who's trying to get healthy. <laughs> I mean, I know that he's not the same player he <laughs> once was, but, I mean, you know, he was a pretty good receiver, man, when, when he was at his peak, so... Yep. Uh, you know, it's funny, too. I was thinking about this. Like, I think it was about this time a year ago. We were doing this podcast. We were in the studio when the news came that the Patriots had gotten Josh Gordon. And I went on like a little mini spontaneous rant where I think I threw a pin across the room or whatever. You never do that spontaneous um, rant, do you? Uh, for always. You love the spontaneous rant. It did quite rant. well on social media. It did yeah, very well on social yeah. media. Yeah. And it's funny, like when when the Patriots got Antonio Brown, like I was just I was like, I think just because I'm just resigned to it now. I'm like, yeah, We're all sure, fine. <laughs> but they, but they kind of sold their soul to the devil. Like, I, I didn't think that they would do it. I, just, But I, 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 I underestimated That's so funny that you had the same reaction because I was going down to the beach. It was like 2 o'clock here, right? And I was just like, whatever. <laughs> like, like, this was I so – I mean, once he was cut, it's just like he's going to go to a team that's going to contend. It might be the Patriots. We all joked about it. And let's, I mean, let's let's be real about this, right? The, the, the worst thing Antonio Brown really did, like he, he, he mispracticed. He yelled at his general manager. He had – plenty of guys have had weird injuries. Yep. Plenty of guys have had equipment issues. Plenty of guys have fought with co- – look, Latrell Sprewell Thank choked you. a coach, Thank right? You. Like the worst – and so because – all right. Wait a minute, wait a minute, just, though. Wait a minute, just, though. Just, he, posted, he posted a letter sent by his GM okay. that, that fined him. Players don't just, do that. He also posted a private conversation with his head coach on social media. Who said that, and afterwards he said that was fine. Because was John funny. Gruden looks weak in this whole thing. He looks weak in this whole thing. That's his whole point. Because he, he wants to win, That's, and apparently he doesn't care very, that Antonio Brown... Uh, basically, you know, berated we, the GM. Mike Mayock, if I'm Mike Mayock, I ain't real happy right now. All right, so because we have somehow begun, begun to conflate NFL football yes. with military service, somehow disrupting unit cohesion is the worst possible thing they Look, could do. I wrote, a, I got a letter from the DMV the other day. I opened it, read it, it said they were suckers. Like, whatever, man, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, let's let's get over This is not some soldier soul to the devil. They signed a really talented football player. If it doesn't work out, they kick him to the curb and yeah. we move on. We won't lie our lives. One, I will agree one, to disagree. One final point 
this this is Gruden's fault, right? Like the, like yes, AB AB okay, AB has has been let's just say dramatic off the field for both the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Raiders, right? But like Marcus said, it's not like he's done anything out of like criminal. I mean, he's just been obnoxious. He's been obnoxious. Isn't it criminal in some states to post a private conversation on sure, social media? Sure, if John Gruden decides he wants to post, like, I mean, but this is grasping at straws right now. I know, I'm like, saying, like, like, you know. It's, yeah. it's really grasping at straws, man. Like, he's a football player who did some goofy things. If some team wants he's, to exactly. sign him and put him on the field, then fine. It's he's not, a, he's, it's he's, not a whiny, he's a whiny three-year-old who cried this, until he got the toy that he wanted. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what it was. Because he had the leverage to do it. This is the same Antonio Brown who who dyed his hair and, and had a blonde mustache for quite some time at some point during this. The, le- the lesson, kids, be really good at your job, and you can do a lot more things than the people who aren't good at their jobs. Let's, there's, there's no moral compunction about it. All right, football news. Nick Foles suffered a broken clavicle. He's having surgery today. The Jaguars can't have nice things, but Gardner Minshew looked all Wait right on Sunday. Gardner Minshew at 25, Gardner man. Minshew Maybe we can't have nice looked things. looked all right on Sunday. So, uh, yeah. Are you I picking mean, him up, Marcus? No. No, I didn't think so. I'm not picking him up. But, the, so. but now, the, actually, the question becomes, how much how much do we rely? Because D.D. Westbrook was, was becoming a very hot name near the end of fantasy draft season, right? It was not D.D. Westbrook. It was D.J. Chark who ended up having the big day. Chris Conley actually had a pretty big day, too, uh, in, in that football game. D.D. Westbrook, not so much. Are we panicking, or is this just a chance? We, we just need Minshew to work with D.D. Westbrook a little bit more first. Yeah, I'm panicking a little bit. I don't know anything about him. Right, we were buying Foles. So, we were buying Foles for, for two he's reasons. He's got a snappy mustache. Yeah, we're buying <laughs> yeah. Foles for two reasons, right? The first being he's an improvement over Blake Portals. That's obvious. And number two, Nick Foles targeted his slot receivers more than any quarterback in the NFL last year. You take him off the field, put in Gardner Minshew, who's just a rookie, I'm, I'm definitely panicking on this Jags receiver corps, but you know I'm not panicking on is Leonard Fournette nope he is gonna get all the touches he handled like I mean it's like an 85 percent snap rate yesterday all I mean he's just yeah. gonna get yep. hammered to all the touches mm-hmm. but unfortunately now it's just gonna be in a significantly significantly lower ceiling offense um but yeah this receiver core is and the Jaguars had two of the wide receivers that had the biggest games and nobody started like if you look at the wide receiver position yesterday. Started DJ Chark. <laughs> I mean, dude, nobody had DJ Chark. I mean, th- this is this is not exactly the who's who of fantasy football wide receivers, and I believe Marcus, we're going to get into that. Oh yeah, at some point later in the show. Oh yeah, but both of those guys between Chark and Connolly, who do you pick up? Do you pick up either one of them? I think I early in draft season. Uh, I drafted Connolly, Chris Connolly, uh-huh. and it was just one of those like end of end of draft like. Hey man, I don't know. Let, let's let's just throw a dart here. Uh, I certainly didn't start him, um, but yeah, I, I think that's going to be one to figure. But it's funny, it's because like this time last year, right? I remember reading all these Jaguars beat writers, and all of them had one receiver that was going to blow up. They just all had different ones, right? So now we're sort of back in the same spot, right? There's going to be a receiver in this offense who steps up and plays well. We just got to figure out which one. Overnight, Chark was the 21st most added player on NFL.com. Yeah. I mean the Jags. Oh. The Jags have a pretty sweet schedule, but I just, I, I just don't have much confidence in this passing game. Minshew. Yeah. At some point, we're going to talk about Minshew as being like a nice DFS play, and it might be soon. Yeah, it might yeah. be soon. I um, mean, when when you have a completion percentage like that coming out, and I get it, he's a rookie, and uh, you know they were throwing the ball a ton, but he was completing yeah. a ton of passes. I yeah. mean, outside of their one game, they have a game in Denver in Week Four, but the rest of that up until their buy is like it's pretty sweet, but at the same time, it's just such a downgrade and so disappointing. It's just it's, I know. it's, it's disappointing for the Jaguars and. And, and next week he got, you know, Didi uh, Westbrook. I mean, is he is he a playable asset? I don't think so. Right? No. The matchup, if I remember correctly, and I haven't with, looked ahead. With no team on a bye, they get, they get the Texans next week. That, right, okay. With no teams on a bye. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah I mean, outside it's of four, it's going to be Fournette and maybe maybe Minshew gets some some rapport really quickly with, mm-hmm. with Westbrook or Chark. But other than that, I just, eh. Yeah. Got to see how that Houston Texans defense plays. Too. Yeah, that's going to be one to watch tonight. Uh, in Kansas City, Tyreek Hill left with a, a shoulder injury. Uh, James Palmer had a tweet kind of breaking down what it was, um, but I don't have a medical degree, so I, I can't read Yeah, that thing was that kind thing of um, hard to understand. Uh, the end result, basically, he won't have to have surgery, but he is going to miss a few weeks. Sammy Watkins was having a blow-up game anyway, and then it only got bigger and better once Tyreek Hill went out of the football game. 
But, uh, Fabs, I think this means if you are poking around on the waiver wire, suddenly Cole Hardman becomes a name that at least at least has some interest for you in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, no question about that. And there was actually a quote, and I'm trying to find it because it came through our email, where Watkins was quoted as saying that they are going to be without Hill for like – it was like six to seven weeks or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what it was, right. but it wasn't good. Um, and I don't know if Watkins maybe just is speaking out of school and doesn't really know. But the the injury that, that Hill uh, had suffered didn't seem like it was all that quickly to re- return from. Right. I don't think the Chiefs even know how long Tyreek Hill is going to mm-hmm. be out right now. We, we kind of don't have a lot of information right now totally about what this injury t- uh, completely is. Um, doesn't sound like he broke his collarbone at all, but it, there's some... Yeah, there's something going on here. He's going to miss multiple games. Um, you mentioned Miko Hardman, Marcus. Mm-hmm. He played on uh, nearly 80% of Chiefs' snaps yesterday. Um, definitely going to be someone that you need to have on your rosters. But Sammy Watkins, man, as long as Tyree Kill is out, he's got to be a top 15 receiver play every week. You just, I mean, yeah, as a top. I mean, I went. I, I was shocked when I found this last uh, when I was going through research for the season. Right, I was writing the team previews, and Sammy Watkins actually out targeted Tyree Kill in the games that he played, like the full games that he played. He played like eight full games last year. Watkins actually saw more targets than Hill, um, and he was awesome yesterday. He reached. The fastest speed that he's he, that he's reached in years per next gen stats. I mean, he, I mean, he was he had his his juice back, and now that he's fully healthy, he's at an off season to pr- fully prepare in this off offense. Man, Sammy Watkins, mm. we might we might finally get a full the full. We've view been of, waiting a long yeah, time. The full view of Watkins' talent here in this in this fantastic. Speaking offense. of wide receivers, uh, a little bit off the rails here, but uh, Ian Rappaport is reporting that uh, OBJ. Played the game yesterday. Oh, like a $300,000 watch. With a $350,000 watch. (laughs) That's the best. Is it Richard Mill? M-I-L-L-E? I I don't know. And that he violated a league rule prohibiting wearing hard objects. Like, I wear like a $20 watch. I got it, Ross. So, like, I'm the person to ask that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. That is awesome. That's 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 OBJ. That's when you know you're balling on another level. Like, yeah, Like, that's... Life goals, man. Three fifty. Eh. Life goal. I'll suit up with it. That is that is really awesome. So, all right, there you go. Uh, that's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right, so let's raise the curtain on overreaction theater now that week one is mostly in the books, minus, as I mentioned, those two games that are going to be played on Monday night. Uh, a handful of topics here. Uh, we can get your you guys' thoughts on and, uh, you know, tell me if I'm overreacting, which, you know, I, I probably am, but that's fine. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the QB1 over everybody. And we have to cut Baker Mayfield. That's it. I mean, that's that's how we feel now. Lamar Jackson, 324 passing yards, five touchdowns, 33 and a half fantasy points with only six rushing yards. Greg Roman didn't even have to open Weird, right? up that right. section of the Ravens playbook. I got to see. That might be like the best passing performance in fantasy that any quarterback Greg Roman has had. Probably. It might Has be. ever posted. Honestly, that's one of the best. Think about passing it. performances in a single game that we've ever seen. Lamar mm-hmm. only threw the ball like 20 times yesterday and over 300 yards. Right. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield, 285 passing yards, a touchdown, three interceptions, including a pick six, uh, yep. did not reach nine and a half fantasy points. The Browns, Blah. after all the offseason hype, got uh, kicked in the teeth on Sunday. So that means it's all over for them. They might as well pack it up. Lamar Jackson is God, and uh, everybody who thought <laughs> otherwise can I, eat it. Gardner Minshew almost doubled up Baker Mayfield. Almost. I, I watched a good bit of that Browns Titans game yesterday, and the Browns offensive line is going to be a problem mm-hmm. all season long. You know, it's funny too because uh, I think it was on Thursday's NFL Fantasy Live show when we were talking about players to be worried about. Cynthia Freeland said she was worried about Nick Chubb, and one of the yes. things she cited was the offensive line. Now, Chubb. Had an okay game. He had about 75 rushing yards. I think he had, what, 10 or 15 receiving yards, something like that. But, you know, I mean, I I do think to her point, watching that game, there is something to be said for that offensive line and and maybe how it could potentially submarine what this offense wants to do. But, I mean, the Browns just, they laid an egg yesterday. Things are going to get better because they can't get worse. There's too much talent on that (laughs) offense for them to do this all season long. Um, I I was texting with the Miz because he's a diehard Browns fan and uh, he didn't respond very, very quickly. Uh, Same with Todd Mossberg, our our, our esteemed producer on NFL Fantasy Live. So Browns fans are definitely down in the dumps. Um, Colin Cowherd, I'm sure, is 
going to have a blast with this whole Browns explosion and uh, Baker Mayfield looking bad. But things are going to get better. And as Marcus said, you know, this is not the time to overreact on a scenario like this. Nick Chubb's going to get better. Baker Mayfield's going to get better because they have to, because that was an absolute disaster. Yesterday. <laughs> I couldn't, it really couldn't have got much worse. They had a, a million penalties. They had a guy get ejected for uh, kicking a, an opponent in the face. Um, yeah. yeah, it it. It looked like the old factory of sadness was back out and pumping out widgets again uh, last uh, on Sunday. So hopefully things do turn around. Uh, Sammy Watkins and Deshaun Jackson are wide receiver ones. I mean, we talked about Watkins Day, nine catches, a buck ninety eight and three touchdowns. Deshaun Jackson, eight catches, one hundred and fifty four yards and two touchdowns. I guess the biggest thing with Djax is that he has a quarterback that can hit him on deep throws, which he didn't have in Tampa. I mean, I kept saying we should put Jameis Winston in the CIA because he could overthrow dictators around the world. But <laughs> I know that's an exaggeration, but it's nice to suddenly have these two speedy guys back in our fantasy football lives again. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Carson Wentz uh, reaped the rewards of that with a with a strong game. It's funny because I was talking to one of our researchers uh, late last week and I said, can you pull up the stats on Deshaun Jackson when he faces a team that he used to play for? And that that I, 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 I revenge game metric. Yes. And I, and I was like, it wasn't like as like enormous as I thought it might be. But I was thinking in the back of my mind, if I have Deshaun Jackson this week, I'm probably going to play him as a flex because there's just that there's just that inkling of I want to beat the team that that, you know, I was on and, and show them, hey, man, this, this yeah. is this is what I'm all about. And boy, did he go off if- on the Redskins. If anything, and we've kind of mentioned this a bunch in the offseason, this just helps Carson Wentz even more. Yeah. I mean, this just yeah. helps his ceiling even more. Having We've now seen Deshaun Jackson go to so many different teams and immediately help the quarterbacks that mm-hmm. he played with in terms of efficiency. I mean, Kirk Cousins was a better quarterback with Deshaun Jackson on the field, um, even though Jameis Winston couldn't hit him. <laughs> and Ryan Fitzpatrick were both better quarterbacks with Jackson on the field last year. Uh, same thing goes for Wentz. I mean, this this is the lid lifter that they've needed for so long. Yeah, it really it really was. Um, you know, they they spread the ball around too in in Philadelphia, which is is sort of what we expected. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, man, Zacherts that 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 record breaking reception total and target total last year. That's it's coming gonna, down. That's going to regress. That number's coming down. Definitely, he's going to have some monster monster games. But Jeffrey and, and Jackson are going to get some. They're going to get a ton of looks there. Yep. Absolutely. Um, speaking of wide receivers, uh, maybe we should never draft wide receivers early, uh, at least as of last night during the Sunday night game. Uh, 13 of the top 20 wide receivers from week one were drafted in round nine or later. We had the two rookies, Marquise Brown and Terry McLaurin, who stepped up and played really well in week one. And uh, yeah, so, you know, forget it. The wide receiver doesn't matter. We can wait until the seventh or eighth round and we'll find a guy. It's like quarterback. Yeah, that's all. What I was what I was mentioning, too, uh, earlier on was like, if you look at the top scoring wide receivers for week one, it is a list that includes John Ross, Marquise Brown, Philip Dorsett, John Brown, DJ Chark, Jamison Crowder, Terry McLaurin. I'm not done yet, Marcus. Danny Ammon, freaking Dola, Chris Connolly. All right, it was the who's who of who the hell is that? It's more the it's more the who's that. I will I will say a bunch of the top guys had tough matchups this past week. I mean, Julio is obviously playing the Vikings. Devontae Adams had a tough draw. OBJ against the the Titans. Um, I actually thought Beckham would do way more in that game because, but the Browns' offensive line just kind of fell apart, and Baker was not very good. But you know, a uh, mm-hmm. bunch of tough draws. Tyreek Hill got hurt. Adam Thielen only, <laughs> the Vikings only threw the ball ten times. Stephon Diggs was banged up. Yeah, but kind of know, a weird week for top wide receivers. You know, one of the top wide receivers who came through for everybody. How about them Cowboys? Oh, sorry, Eddie. Amari Cooper, man, he looks good. This guy's he he is fixing to get paid. Dak is fixing to get paid, and the Cowboys are going to be, uh, let's just say, uh, fantasy plentiful. Well, they are, and they also, but they they were also a team, and not to dismiss what they did on Sunday, they were a team that everybody looked at that first four weeks of the schedule, and they're like, this is the chance for these guys. It's all to great, dude. Right now, yeah, and hell, Randall um, Cobb. Randall Cobb showed out. Michael, you know? Michael Gallup had a huge day. Um, yeah, no, they, they definitely did. And I, look, I, I am, I am kidding about this never draft wide receivers early because look, even, even in a, a bad day for the Falcons, you know, Julio Jones still had a pretty good day. You know, Keenan Allen had a big day. T.Y. Hilton had a, a really big day. So those guys are there and we know that the other guys are going to produce, but I think it does speak to the depth at the wide receiver position that you have some of these other guys that you can draft in later rounds and, and, you know, they will go out and have big days. I mean, I will say that I, I brought back my my Monday morning uh, more uh, more Monday morning tweet storm, 
And so many of the complaints were about guys sitting, or wide receivers sitting yeah. on benches. It, it was, this is just one of those weird weeks. Weird, it's weird week, week one, yeah, man. Top it, top end too. We'll get, um, hopefully, we'll get right tonight with Nuke Hopkins having a big game. Yeah, with Nuke, uh, yeah, because yeah, Juju uh, kind of got locked down a little bit. He by ended up being okay though, kind yeah. of a garbage time. It, yeah, it, it was okay. Vance McDonald, too. Yeah, that was so. that was one. But guys, the, I say it every single year. I'll say it every year while I'm doing this. The only thing that's predictable about the NFL is that it's unpredictable. And so don't knock yourself because you ended up starting Jameis Winston over Kyler Murray like I did. Don't knock yourself because Marquise Brown is on the waiver wire in your league. Guys, things happen. We're all learning, and, and, and we're going to continue to learn. I think it's going to probably take a good three to four weeks before we have a really good grasp at what teams are doing, what defenses are bad against, what positions, and who is earned bigger roles in their respective offenses. It's so. almost like fantasy football incorporates a little bit of luck. A little bit. Listening for black helicopters. Sorry, I got quiet. Bit. I just I didn't know if the black helicopter was going to. Hey, listen, li- dude, you're <laughs> predicting, um, predicting the future is, the is, is, is hard, is man. Not, not easy. Ask Nostradamus. Predicting the future right? is hard. That's why he got I got more stuff wrong than he got right. That's why I don't dump on weather people. It's hard. Um, well, not in Southern California. <laughs> that's true. Here it's today. It's, it's pretty easy. Sunny and seventy-five. It's going to be warm, and the sun's going to be out. Uh, last overreaction. T.J. Hawkinson is the new George Kittle. Six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown um, on a team that was supposed to be establishing the run. Yeah. T.J. Hawkinson went berserk, and that was one I, I totally was wrong on. I didn't Me think too. there'd be enough targets going around, especially not for Hawkinson, but he balled out on yep. Sunday. A couple, couple things. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals played really, really fast in this game. They were, like, really juiced up the pace. They're number one in terms of uh, snaps, in, seconds in between snaps. So the Lions got a ton of extra plays here, but TJ Hawkinson was top five in routes run among tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's immediate, if he's immediately going to be a full-time player, there's obviously going to be weeks where the lines are not this voluminous in terms of their, their pass. Voluminous. Uh, I was offense. waiting for you to throw out one of those words. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, he's immediately a full-time player. Fantastic to see. And, and Marcus, this kind of speaks to something we've all been talking about this, this past off season is just, Tight end is going to be so much better this mm-hmm. year. And maybe if we can get Hawkinson in the fray as like a top 20 play as a, right. as a streamer, it's going to be even better. I mean, I know we talked about the potential. I mean, this is way back in February, March. We talked about the potential of one of those rookie tight ends maybe having a role, whether it's Hawkinson or Fant. And we'll get a chance possibly to see Fant uh, early in the season. Um, yeah, th- but this... I did not expect so much so soon. It, it was, yeah, I don't think anybody did. And Hawkinson is readily available on the waiver wire, so go out and get him. Uh, it, he won't be after this. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> Kenny Galladay had a nice day. He got the touchdown, so it wasn't as big as we thought. But we all said start Galladay and even Marvin Jones, and it ended up being Danny friggin' Amendola, Danny who ended up being Nola. a hero out of the slot, and nobody played him. Um, we, we talk about Titan and Hawkinson. How about my boy Evan Ingram? So yeah, that, his, that went according to. Point. So when yeah, oh, I love it, man. Fourteen targets. So when he caught that first touchdown, his his agent like texted me and was like, "That's for you, Fabs." And I says, "Listen, I hope Evan has a huge game. I have him in fantasy leagues. You're not going to win the game, but I hope Evan has a big game." And Evan now, he actually did really well. And his agent was texting me, and he's like, "Dude, this whole fantasy football thing is kind of fun." I'm like, "You'll never not play again." Yeah. Yep. Uh, great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, man, he's got to ball out because he drafted himself in the second round, man. He's got to make it worth it while. It was worth it yesterday, <laughs> that's for uh, sure. Um, real quick, before we, we move on to – I, I have questions. That's our, our next thing, right? But before I get on to that, uh, a tweet from Ian Rappaport just a few minutes ago. Uh, 49ers running back Tevin Coleman suffered an ankle sprain in yesterday's win over the Bucks, according to a source, an injury that is expected to force him to miss time. He's having tests today in Youngstown, Ohio, where the team is staying to determine the nature of the sprain. We saw a lot of Raheem Mostert in that game on Sunday against the Buccaneers. Oh, and shocking, uh, Matt Breida left yeah, with exactly. uh, supposed injury, but came back and played in the Mostert's second half. Mostert's going to be fine. rosterable now yeah. because Breida's made a glass. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., their fourth string running back made the team but was inactive yesterday yeah they'll probably they'll, they'll probably activate they'll, him they'll yeah, activate yeah. him i'm not gonna just immediately spend all my fab on moster i i think oh no 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 you don't do that but yeah, he's worth he's uh, worth a look brita is now brita is now in a cake spot he's, he's this was always really this was always the possibility though brita either taking over that job or you know he needs one injury to have top you know top we, 24 top 30 value we, we've got to we got to start calling breed a wolverine man because like he gets hurt but it doesn't really stick he comes back and he's fine again um 
But yeah, Tevin Coleman, who you know, I invest. A, I have a lot of Tevin Coleman on. I have a couple of shares of him too. I have Breed of though as well. So not, not a great start for Coleman. Not no. a great start. So no. Nope. Um, away from the overreaction theater, I have questions. Things that uh, you know, I saw or at least you know read about that makes me a little bit like I, I, I'm not panicked yet, but I am concerned. So the first one. What now with Todd Gurley, right? Like, the numbers were fine. He had the 97 rushing yards. Um, and know. he looked good in the second half. He looked good in the second half. He was the guy that they went to to try to close out the game. But he only had 15 touches total. You know, everybody talks about his snap share that he was on the field for, what, 70, 71% of the snaps? 71%. Like and Malcolm Brown was on uh, 26. But he didn't get targeted a lot in the passing game. And he got no touches in the red zone. I think Malcolm Brown actually had more red zone snaps than Gurley did. The efficiency is Great fabs, but man, it's a lot to ask for if the t- if the number of touches actually is going to be decreased this year. Here's here's what I'm hoping was the scenario yesterday. Uh, the Rams were simply allowing Todd Gurley to get his quote unquote sea legs back. Okay, because he hasn't played football in a long time. He didn't do anything in the preseason. I'm hoping that's the case. We all came into the season expecting Todd Gurley to not see as many touches. The issue here and the surprise for me was that Todd Gurley, when you get that Rams offense inside the 10-yard line, that's where he makes his, you know, that's where he makes his his money. Yep. And they gave the ball to Malcolm Brown. So to be quite honest with you, what I saw yesterday, I kind of expected. I didn't expect him to lose those opportunities inside the 10-yard line to Malcolm Brown. And while I don't know that that's going to be the scenario moving forward, if Brown is digging into his opportunities near the goal line, then Todd Gurley's not going to be worth the second round pick that a lot of us took him at. This this is this was always the concern though, is like the Rams want to keep Gurley fresh. They want to keep that knee as healthy as possible throughout the season. The Rams are a Super Bowl contending team. There's no reason for them to not rotate their backs when they have two guys behind them, especially Malcolm Brown, who they love. Um, there's no reason for them not to rotate their backs. I think this will be more of a thing. I don't necessarily think Sean McVay was going into it saying, we're going to take Gurley off the field every time we get inside the 10. That might might have just been the way that that those particular drives flowed, um, and they just wanted to rotate their backs at that point in the game. But this just kind of speaks to what we were sort of expecting is like, this might be a week-to-week proposition where Gurley's floor is no longer 20 touches. His floor now might be 12 to 15. Yeah, and I guess the biggest thing is we have to think about Todd Gurley now, right? Like before he really was a, he was a set it and forget it yeah, kind of guy. Never you just put him in your lineup right. and you just didn't have to worry about it. But now we really do have to what, think about one it. One of the final weird things of this game is like Todd, I went back and looked, Pro Football Focus has Todd Gurley running. He ran 30 routes out of the 44 pla- pass pl- uh, plays the Rams, uh, Rams ran. So 30 pass go. routes out of the 44 pass plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm Brown only ran six routes. So even though Gurley didn't see any targets, he was on the field constantly for those passing snaps and I got to think in a few more games if he continues to play that many passing snaps he'll he'll get a few more targets yeah quick update from uh Ian Rappaport it looks like uh, Nick Foles a surgery is this morning and he'll be placed on injured reserve man Jags but I I would I would think it would be IR uh designated to return feel bad for the Jags fans man IR boomerang as our friends uh, around the NFL refer to it uh yeah I like it's funny, too, because they went and they paid up for Nick Foles, you know, with the argument being this is the cost of doing business to get a, a you know, top-level quarterback in there. And he doesn't make it through two quarters without without getting uh, getting hurt. In fact, that was the first quarter, wasn't it? I think it was first quarter. First, first quarter, first couple of drives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that sucks. Um, in Detroit, we mentioned TJ Hawkinson having the big day. Um, I feel like I was lied to about Kerryon Johnson. Um, that they that Matt Patricia and the Lions wanted to establish the run, and that didn't really happen, uh, especially against a team that had the worst run defense in the league last year. The Lions looked like the old Lions with Matt Stafford you know, running all over the place and slinging the ball. In fact, for a while, I think Matt Stafford had more rushing yards than, than Kyler Murray. Um, I'm not panicking about on Johnson yet, Fabs, but... Uh, that was not the way I wanted things to start. I'll tell you that. Much. Well, you know, and I, I was on the carry on bandwagon, too, and I'm not jumping off at this point. But, you know, I, I did mention that C.J. Anderson was going to be involved in this offense. I know I know C.J. and I know he's going to be involved. He had 11 carries in this game. OK, he only had five fewer than carry on Johnson. Carry uh, going to have his share of games. And I do feel like because, you know, they knew the Cardinals defensive back backfield was a mess. So they were going to target. 
those DBs, and they did, and they had success with Amendola and Hawkinson, and Galladay had uh, you know, a decent day as well, got into the end zone. So I almost feel like the Lions' game plan to throw the football, I mean, yeah, Stafford threw it 45 times. I'm just laughing, Fabs, because the Lions, the Lions had a perfect spot for this game, right? Like Cardinals are without their top two quarterbacks. Yep. Stafford throws for 385 yards and three scores, mm-hmm. and they still tie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, like, this is a perfect game for them to come out, and Stafford played extremely well. They could have ran the ball even more if they wanted to, especially because the game script, and they still yeah. hide. And most people out there in fantasy, in traditional leagues, like, you're not starting Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Even with the great matchup, you're not starting him. Streamer play. He, was, he was a so, streamer play, but even then, he was down the list of streamer I plays. Did. He, I, <laughs> I think he was, a, like, 22 at quarterback for me last week. And it wasn't because it wasn't a great matchup. It's because, like, there's just so many good quarterbacks now. But, um... Stafford, I'm sure, is going to be picked up in some leagues because he is uh, he is relatively unowned uh, off of his uh, disappointing 2018 season. And I wouldn't expect this kind of performance every week, though. No, definitely not going to expect this every single week. Uh, one I didn't have on my list, but I just thought about this as we're mm. sitting here. Um, so we went into Sunday hoping that we would learn a little bit more about Jameis Winston and Jimmy Garoppolo and I feel like we oh. left week one still not knowing much about Jameis Winston or or maybe we do know about Jameis Winston maybe maybe he just he's just always going to be this volatile character and maybe that's the same with Jimmy Garoppolo maybe they're just always going to be these two volatile quarterbacks that you just can never fully pin down week I, yeah I don't think Garoppolo is yet I still think that the jury's still out on that and the small sample size has been really good on him I I'm man Jameis is he it's sucked. Getting really, really hard to carry water for. for and I'll take the bullet here. I don't know if you told people that you like Jameis this week. I did. I apologize for that. Um, trust me, I started him over Kyler Murray in one of my leagues, and I'm kicking myself for it because the matchup was there. And I honestly, dude, Jameis Winston is going to have some huge games this season. He's yeah, going to, absolutely. but he's also going to have these games where he's absolutely, and I, I can't swear, but awful. Okay. Dog, dog crap. Awful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the yes. And that's what you deal with with Jameis Winston. But there's going to be games this season, guys, where he has, you know, 25, 30 points. And you're going to be like, darn, I should have started Jameis Winston. But this is why he's such a volatile play, because even in a home game against a defense yeah. that seemed vulnerable on paper, Jameis sucked. Yeah. And this this isn't a case of, of I know some teams started a little bit slow because they didn't have they didn't play much during the preseason, but Jameis and the Bucks they played like nearly a game's worth of first team snaps mm-hmm. in the preseason. So this isn't this wasn't a rust situation. This was just Jameis being bad. Mm-hmm. OJ Howard wasn't very good in this. OJ Howard was not particularly great. Um, I think it's just the Bucks offense as a whole was not very good. Well, hey, Ronald, Ronald, Jones. Ronald Jones had a couple nice runs. Ronald Jones had a couple of nice runs. So uh, I, I saw I saw Marcus's ears perk up there as a. Uh, well, it's funny too because I, I watched uh, like late in that game. I was kind of watching it and I saw somebody rip off a run. I'm like is that. Oh, that's wrong. I didn't recognize him at first because he really has bulked up. Yeah, he's, got, so he, like, yeah, he's bigger now. For a second, I'm like, is that Peyton Barber? I'm like, no, that's not Peyton Barber. Uh, that that really is Ronald Jones. And I'm wondering, Rojo could be out there in some leagues. So yeah. you may want to take a flyer on him this week. Uh, and, you know, just as a, a footnote, Dari Ogunbowale, was, uh, he had five targets in the game for what it's worth. A lot of them came late when they were losing and needing to catch up. But yep. the Bucks could be losing a lot late and trying to catch up. So He was kind of like that deep league fantasy darling towards yeah. the end of drafts. He was. He was the guy I definitely uh, I took some dart throws at late in drafts there. Uh, Last question I have, is there actually life in this Washington offense? Um, I mean, Darius Geis was okay. I mean, we didn't expect. Yeah, we, I, we I was, was bummed. We knew it was a tough matchup for him. Yeah. Like, this is that pro- this is going to be the problem with him, man. But, but man, Terry McLaurin comes out of nowhere basically I and know. lights it up. Well, the Eagles' secondary is really, really bad. I mean, the front <laughs> seven is awesome, but right. this secondary has not been good for quite some time. I, I'm not going to bank on. The, the, Case Keenum came out and just looked like just God. Carved them up. He, he looked like God. Carved the them up, which is. Um, but this shocking. is this is going to be the problem with Geis. Like I, I went back and pulled it up. Um, Pro, Pro Football Focus, Chris Thompson ran 37 pass routes. Darius Geis ran eight. Mm-hmm. He, if, if Geis isn't going to be involved in the in the pass game, he, right. he's basically... He had three catches. He's yep. an RB3 in PPR every single week. And, this team is going to trail a ton. And you, you mentioned a guy that's available in the waiver wire, too. And I get it. Like, the dude is not durable. But when Chris Thompson is 100%, the guy's good for five, six catches every single game. He had seven for 68. He only had three carries, but you're not... He's, he's like Tariq Cohen light, okay? While he's on the field and... We know he's had injury concerns uh, throughout his career. But when he's on the field, this guy is a pass-catching maven, and he is going to be contributing, especially with Geis not getting the opportunities, as Graham mentioned, as a pass-catcher. 
So if you're in a PPR league, and most of us are these days, I mean, Chris Thompson, he needs to be owned in your league. Yeah. Uh, another update for me in Rappaport. This has just been a show full of updates today. Mm-hmm. Um, source says the Uh-oh. Jaguars have traded for Steelers quarterback Josh Dobbs. The compensation is a 2025th rounder. So that's just, you know, something to put in your back pocket. And, you know, they had to do something. They had to, they had to fill out their quarterback spot, yeah. obviously, with uh, yep. the, the world Oscar. is so void of good quarterbacks like the planet like, I, I always remember Dave Damashek once saying that playing quarterback in the National Football League is the hardest job in the world because you can't even find 32 good ones on how many billions of people on this planet <laughs> right I mean it, it's it, it's laughable but it's it's absolutely true yeah. it's hard to find if your starter goes down like if you look down the line of the starting quarterbacks in this league and the guys who are backing them up my goodness gracious if Dak Prescott ever got hurt Cooper Rush okay if 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 Patrick Mahomes ever got hurt severely, dear, it's Matt Moore. It is it is scary out there that, behind some of these starting quarterbacks. That also suggests to me that Nick Foles might be done for the year. I think if if if, if he was going to come back in eight weeks, I think maybe they signed somebody off the street. And I look, I know a fifth yeah. round draft pick in twenty twenty isn't necessarily a huge giveaway, but. It is something, and I think if they if they thought Nick Foles was going to be back in, in eight weeks, maybe they just go out and sign. They him. are obvi- obviously concerned, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, yeah, you're not you're not picking up Josh Dobbs. Don't get it twisted. But uh, I think that's kind of a way to gauge what what is going on there in uh, in Jacksonville right now. Uh, before we get out of here, our waiver wire names for the week. I put a few down here. I'm sure there are some that are missing, so you guys feel free to fill in the gaps there. Obviously, Marquise Hollywood Brown is going to be one that is going to be super popular after what happened. I mean, the good news, uh, uh, Graham, is that he had all those yards and the touchdowns. The bad news, what? 12, didn't play 14, a lot of 12, 14 snaps. Yeah, yeah. just, a, just lot. a few snaps. Weird game for the Ravens, though. Like Mark Ingram basically didn't play in the second half. Robert Griffin, the third, I think, got in the game in the like late in the third. And I think he had a touchdown pass also he did to Mark Andrews. Mark, um, by, by the way, high five Mark yes. Andrews, baby. Dude, <laughs> Andrews kicked ass in that game. That was awesome. Love it. Yeah, that was freaking If awesome. he's available in your league somehow, please go pick I, him up. Yeah, one final point about Marquise Brown. He's definitely one of the top waiver players this week, but we just don't know how the Ravens are, intend to use him because this is basically just yep. a half game for them. Yeah. They, yep. they didn't have to play at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Brown, who, you know, I think a lot of us felt like working with Josh Allen was going to be a good fit. It was a lot closer to what he did with uh, Joe Flacco at the can beginning I, of the year last year. Can I year. add a third Brown? Uh, please. Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown, absolutely, mm-hmm. with what he did. So uh, he's going to get some looks, I think, now on waiver on waiver wires because of his work, uh, especially in the red zone. DJ Chark, after his big game, is going to be very much coveted on the waiver wire. Jameis- I, can't, I can't stand that last name because it makes me think of that stupid shark. DJ Chark. It just drives me nuts. There's going to be so many puns, right? Because you got your baby Chark. You got... Got uh, Chark Week. You got Charknado. Uh, there's so many things we can do with DJ Chark. Sorry, bro. Uh, you know, complain to your. Folks. I'm sure he's heard it before. It's not. It's not my fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jamison Crowder, who I think a lot of us liked. I definitely liked him this week. The Jets' passing game as a whole did not look great. Bro, he had 17 targets. It's 17 targets, 14 catches for 99 yards, which that's your PPR <sighs> platinum play of the week. Yeah, it is. Oh. Yeah, it is. I just. Are you still tilting? I just, I'm like, I just accepted that this is life now. But, <sighs> uh, but Jamison Crowder is going to get a lot of looks in this offense. He is going to be a guy that you're going to want to have on your roster. Terry McLaurin, uh, we mentioned in Washington. There, we couldn't kind of figure out how that wide receiver group is going to work. But it looks like Terry McLaurin is going to be a nice play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a few more for you. Yeah, please. Uh, Gio Bernard because. Joe Mixon Joe went Mixon, down. We're which not we didn't sure mention, but yeah, Joe Mixon is dealing with was an ankle injury, I think, yeah. right now. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like a mild sprain. doesn't sound like as serious as Tevin Coleman. Always want to be insured, though. Hopefully. Yeah, you always want to be insured. Hopefully. Hawkinson's available in a lot of leagues. John Ross, the former first-round pick who had done nothing, suddenly goes ballistic. I feel like this was a case of John Ross going back to Seattle where he was a college star and being like, yep, this is my time to shine. Yeah, like, right. And then Michael Gallup, giddy up. Yeah. Go get him. Uh, Gallup was a dude that I was, like, targeting late in drafts. I didn't start him in any of my leagues, um, but my goodness gracious, like he, he, you could see that he's ready to take that second year leap. And with Dak Prescott fixing a play as good as he's ever played, if not better, because he wants to get paid. Michael Gallup legitimately could have wide receiver three value the rest of the season. Gallup was a guy that I liked last year too. And it, yeah, he was like, yeah, um, but, yeah, this was really, really encouraging uh, to see what he did on, on Sunday. And I get it. You know, the Giants defense, sorry, Eddie, they're not very good, but 
the Cowboys offense, man, they got they got some they got some very favorable matchups in the and, first and, couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, they get the Redskins next yep. week, and then they get the Dolphins at home. Oh my season. goodness, I can't wait, Kel- guys. Kellen Moore, I can't wait. Awesome game. You yep. know what's going to happen? Kellen he is going to end up awesome. being one. Of, if if this continues. Next season, he's going to be head coach. You watch because that's the trend in the NFL. They're they're just you know Kingsbury like you know Zach. They're just hiring dudes. If you show competence, who show yes and are young. Yeah. Yes. If you show competency. Yes. and You are young. Yep. You're automatically head coaching candidate. Now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, no team used play action more yesterday than the Cowboys. Than the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So it's, it's something that they did not do nearly enough with Scott Lanahan last year. I think that's the thing. Is like they didn't use a lot of play action. They also, you know, didn't really challenge downfield, which is something that we saw Dak doing. Oh, well, now Gallup is going to giddy up. So love it. So there you go. Those are our waiver wire picks. I'm sure there will be more that you can uh, dig around and find in your respective leagues. But, uh, you know, hey, these are it's always a chance after week one to maybe try to get ahead of the curve uh, and see if you can outsmart the rest of your league mates. So there you go. We are done. That is it. We appreciate you downloading and listening as always. And, you know, the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review and remember a ghost could be aggressively breakdancing next to you. You'd have no idea. We'll see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.